Thanks for tuning in. And uh, this is episode 200. So here we are almost four years into this. And uh, this is a very unique episode because my partner, Pat Hobby, is going to be interviewing me about the name change that you probably just saw is different. We did the uh, title cover was different. And uh, Pat interviews me about my story, why we did the name change, what the biggest lessons I've learned over the last four years and 200 in, uh, interviews with guests and the uh, different ventures I've been a part of. So I hope you enjoy this. It's uh, me being vulnerable and hopefully you get a peer into why I've been doing what I'm doing and I have no intention of stopping and I hope you become even a more loyal listener because the guests and the topics and the reach that we're trying to get to is only going to get better. So thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Intentional Growth Podcast, the show that teaches you how to grow the value of a company with an end in mind. Host Ryan Tansom interviews top business leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and other professionals who share their experience and expertise about buying, growing, and selling companies. So the tables have turned, apparently. Uh, I'm sitting here. Finally. <laughs> I'm sitting here staring at Pat for all the listeners tuning in and Pat's going to be asking me questions about the new name change, the direction, and kind of just, you know, getting some exposure to my thoughts and the things that I've learned. I actually, I don't necessarily know what we're going to be talking about because he's got a piece of paper sitting in front of him with some questions that we're going to be going over. Yeah, that's true. Cause we talked about whether or not I was going to share these questions with Ryan and I refused to do it because uh, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to be authentic and real and not, not prepared because I think this is really important. You know, Ryan's developed this podcast over the years and and got a lot of listeners and and uh, wanted to talk about maybe the little bit of shift that he's having in the name and the focus. So, first of all, I think it'd be a good idea, Ryan, to talk a little bit about the history of the podcast, uh, when you started it, how many episodes have there been? I think 200 is probably the number. We know that. But when did you start doing this? I don't even know if I told you this, Pat, but I was sitting in Fort Lauderdale with my wife on the beach when I decided to do the podcast. This is over well four and a half years ago now. And I looked at her and I said, hey, there's these things called podcasts. And I think it'd be really fun to be able to interview a bunch of sweet people out that I can talk about all the things that they've learned. And lo and behold, this is before like now tons of people have podcasts, but I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And had I known you, you would probably would have said, hey, there's like a lot of steps that have to be done <laughs> to actually accomplish this. So I was like, idea done, committed. And then I realized I had to learn 17 softwares. I had to learn a mixing device. This is all before it's plug and play with a USB mic. So it started just for me to to learn all the stuff that uh, I wish I would have known before we sold the business, and um, which kind of left it open-ended. I think that's kind of... And we can go into the name change, but it left it open-ended for me to just learn about business and life and make it relevant to people that own companies. So then when you had this epiphany of, of wanting to do a podcast, what is it you were trying to accomplish by having a podcast? Um, I'll answer that. And, in my and where did the name, and where did the name come from? So the whole point for me was like, Hey, let's start this podcast to have as many cool connections of like what they what we could have done differently. And hopefully I'll find an opportunity to do what we're doing now is find people I love and people like I can, I can enjoy what we're selling. So the life after business came from, I realized I read Bo Burlingham's book, Finish Big, and it was like 75% of owners totally regret the seller company. I was like, well, wish I would have read 
that before we sold. So me thought, that, <laughs> right. So the life after business was trying to explain like, Hey, this is what life is and how to be happy afterwards. And then it realized, I realized that most people don't think about the exit at all until they're forced into a situation. And then you can't, you can't pull out of what we went through. A lot of the focus, it seems like, especially in the early years was about the exit and being focused on that and, and, uh, trying to help people understand what the options were given experiences of other people who've either exited their business or written books about, you know, exiting business. But it seems like over the past few years, that focus about purely the exit life after business seemed to change a little bit. And you, you seem to try and incorporate other aspects of the business life into it. Is that, is that right? Or. Yeah. And I don't know what you would think is a good analogy for this pet, but like, I think about like the reason for a lot of, and it was out of my own personal journey of trying to understand what the hell's private equity, what is an ESOP investment bankers, how do they get paid? What is the point of them? Like, if you don't understand those things, you can't plan whether you want to do it or not. So like understanding how well the end result can be is the only way you can write your own story. And so the moment that like over the, it took me a couple of years of all those interviews to learn those mechanics. And then I was like, Oh, well now I know I could have done a thousand things differently. Yeah. So it's, then it becomes down to growing the right direction. I think so many people, I don't know if there's, there's a story of like, if you run really fast up a ladder and you look over and you're on the wrong wall, like, okay, well, that sucks. Wouldn't it have been nice to look up first and say, Hey, let's go on this ladder. Get, up, so, get on the right, get on the right ladder. Right. Because then, then you can focus on the journey once you understand how the end works. And I, and I just don't think a lot of people understand enough what that end could look like. Because most people enjoy growing. Growing's fun, right? No one yeah. wants to explain how the end... I mean, hey, well, do you want to talk about death all the time? No, but we need to understand how a healthy body works to make the whole journey as enjoyable as possible. Yeah. So after having couple hundred podcasts with a, a title life after business you've decided to to change the title of it talk about what led you to that what was your thought press process on that and I, th- I think that would just be helpful for people to understand why the name change and what is it what are you trying to accomplish with that um i think the name change of life after business has to do with the uh, um the market research and by trial and error of the word exit that is people have a visceral reaction to because entrepreneurs are so integrated into the, their identity into their business that like the only time people seem to think about exit is when shit's way too late. And so for us to truly help as many people as we possibly can, we have to be talking about growth and we have to talk about the end in mind for them to be able to write their own, write their own narrative. But like, I think it's, it is about the end, but it's about the journey to get to what people want. And I think the the true freedom of having whatever you want as an entrepreneur is having the freedom to choose. What and that's what I, it's different for everybody. So the end in mind that the the title you know the title of our course and our tagline intentional grow you know grow the value of your business with an end in mind. So you're saying the end doesn't have to be an exit, right? And the, the end is the end is a result of how you want to live your life. Period. So it could right? be just a more valuable company five years from now. What than, than I would have if I didn't become intentional and and do the do the things that, that would get me there. 
Well, I mean, totally, Pat. And I think about, you know, this can weave into some of the things that we we now teach, but that, you know, if I heard from one entrepreneur, I've heard from a thousand, I wish I could be the chairman of the board and golf whenever I want. And so, okay, that's, there's some truth to that, but it's kind of, there. there's a level of passion and adrenaline that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners have of taking risk, designing their future and having choices and being okay with those choices. I mean, a lot of people fail a lot, but they're okay with it because they had enough data to make those choices. And so the end in mind could be literally acquiring companies, having philanthropy while you run your business because you don't need the money and you want to do an ESOP and be the chairman of the board. Like that's possible. It just comes down to you have to build a valuable business in order to have those choices. Otherwise, I mean, the amount of people that we know that have jobs, $20 million companies that just have a job with a lot of personal guarantees because they don't have the options. And I like, I tell the story of this, uh, there's two, two stories in my podcast where one owner, he was like, he loved his business so much in his industry. He would jump out of the car every morning. And one morning he tried to get out of his car and his seatbelt was still in. And he said, F it. I'm selling because he hated it. And at that point to wake in or to wake up and have to do the hard things to create a valuable company is almost impossible. It's like fighting gravity to fire your president, do a new ERP implementation, win new customers when you hate the business. So if we can find people that have the energy and like their business, they have a better chance of designing the outcome that they want, whatever it is. I mean, it could be anything. So I looked at the definitions of the words intentional and growth. And intentional is one of them was it said done by design and deliberate and purposeful and conscious, you know, were some of the synonyms for it. And then growth is progressive development, um, was the definition. And it was interesting when I when I looked it up, the fourth, the fourth definition said anticipated progressive growth, especially in capital and income. So what does intentional growth mean to you from a business point of view? That means putting some serious thought of what do you want from the business in your life and why? Like actually taking the time to think about out of 168 hours each week, what do you want to be spending your time doing? And how do you want that to work? And then putting a plan in place to to engineer that life. And where do you want to focus your time from the the challenge? Like at one point for a couple, uh, it was probably about a year I was saying in the podcast, there's two things, two questions every owner should ask themselves every morning once the finances are no longer part of it. Because I've interviewed people where they've netted a hundred million bucks and they're miserable. What problems and what like what things, what problems do you want to solve every day and who do you want to solve them with? If you don't like the people you're solving really cool problems with, you're not going to be happy. If you don't like the problems, but you like the people, you literally just, okay, if that's the case, how do I go get that? And I think having a valuable company is the best platform, especially in America today, to be able to leap up the wealth ladder and be able to have that ability. So intentionally growing to go get that, there's going to be really hard things along the way. Period. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, there, you and I both know people that got super lucky product service, right time, right thing, and they made a bunch of money. But like those are unique. A lot of these they people, are. I think you said on one, one episode or not episode, one call we were on is like, there's just not really overnight millionaires or billionaires. Nah, like this just, is really freaking hard work over time, but there's a purpose behind it. And like, because otherwise, why would you do that hard work if there was no purpose to it? 
Yeah. So, so many business owners that I've known over my career and that you've, you've known and interviewed and met with, they just get up and do more the same every day. Just this same grind. And there's that lack of intentional thought about, okay, what is it that I can do? What develop, what strategies can I develop and implement that will lead to a more valuable company with some kind of end in mind? And it could be just, a, you know, it could be a 35-year-old who wants to have a more valuable company by the time they're 45. Oh. No, no concept about selling because it gives more, more stability to the employees. It, you know, a more valuable company just benefits all the stakeholders that are, that are involved. In yeah, the look at what I book I've got right on my desk right now, Conscious Capitalism. Conscious Capitalism, and yeah. It's like when you think about it, Pat, like how you, the decisions you make are different based on what the intention is and the outcome, right? And I think about there was a, a sermon at church, and then I've heard it in other business or health places is if it's easy today, it's going to lead to bad things down the road. And if it's hard today, it's going to probably be good, be good down the road. And it's pretty true with a lot of things where if you're netting a million, if, like, let's say you hit your EBIT does a million bucks. Well, it's super easy to just spend money on a car or a boat or like travel or you and I both have a story of like, hey, maybe we should buy a house in Italy. Well, okay, well, that 500 grand, you can't use to, to hire your president. You can't use to build a new location. Okay, well, what are you sacrificing by the immediate gratification of buying something? doesn't mean you can't buy something, but it's having a plan to say, I'm going to, you know, over the next handful of years, how much money do I personally want to make? And what's... How does it impact the value of what I'm sucking out of the company? And just versus like, why would I think about the decisions in our business? We didn't do those because we didn't understand when and how there was going to be a benefit. Like it sucked to fire our GM. We, we fired him and then his, his uh, cronies followed. I mean, like, so that it was miserable and like, you only do that if there's a reason behind it. Otherwise you just say, Hey, you know what? I'm still going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars this year. Like, let's not deal with that. That's what you meant when you're talking about solving free annual income versus investing in the business, right? I mean, yeah. just what, what can I take out this year for whatever reason? And again, not saying that business owners shouldn't enjoy the benefits of their, their, their for it, though, right? Like if you, if you want to make 200 grand this year in distributions, do the hard work to, to deserve, to deserve it instead of, Taking the cash flow. <laughs> also invest in the business so that, you know, down the road it's it's more valuable and you can get more out of it. You know, and and you talk about the hard work and it, and that's true, I think. If it's if it's hard work, it's probably gonna be beneficial down the road. But we've seen so many times when we help business owners get on the right path, and it is a lot of hard work, but man, when they shift their mindset to to intentionally growing the value of the business. There's a, there's an excitement and an enthusiasm and an energy that I've seen just time and time again, where even though it's a lot of hard work, it's really enjoyable. You know hard why work. you're doing it, right? I mean, like everybody wants to know why you're going to do something, right? Like just to do things for no reason it, at, at some point runs its course and you're bored of it, right? I mean, like you and I have, whether it's our client that is almost 70 or mm-hmm. you have people that you and I both know that are in their thirties, and it's like, hey, like, I know what I'm going towards. There's a goal. And it's if it's health, it's to feel good. It's not, I mean, feel good because you look good or because you're mentally sharp or whatever. There's a reason behind it. And then it does become fun. I mean, yeah, there's hard work, but there's, it's fun because you're enjoying the journey instead of 
constantly questioning, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? When and how can I get out? When and how, like, am I trapped? Am I, is it going to be worth it? All those voices in your head that you don't have answers for become more exhausting than just having the clear vision and making hard choices. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of times where when business owners lack the intentionality of what they're doing as it relates to their business, oftentimes that applies to their personal life as well. It's just kind of the, the mindset trap they've, they've gotten themselves in. So what does intentional growth mean to you from a personal point of view? Hmm. It's doing the, doing the reflective processes that we've talked about of what do you want out of your life? I mean, my Megan and I, my wife, were just talking about what do we want in the 17 year goal by the time we're 50? And then what, it, like, how does that work? And then what do we got to do to get there? And like, and it's fun. I, I enjoy the vision stuff. I'm the visionary, right? <laughs> You're the one that says, hey, by the way, there's a lot of stuff that has happened between now and then. But I think it just, it, there was a quote that I heard. Um, di- I, I don't know where I came from. Discipline equals freedom. And that, that rings true, more true to me than anything because like to enjoy your time is possible when you know that you did the stuff to earn it. I mean, so whether that's health or that's your freedom in your, in your personal life with your kids or whatever it might be. Okay. I think, no, I think those things are really tied. I think, I think having a mindset of intentional growth, whether it's from a personal point of view or a business point of view are really tied together. And I, I've seen people get, like I said, trapped in a, in a place where they lack that. Well, it's and their days just become wake up, do more of the same, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. And it can you could get beyond a rabbit hole here, but like there's a, there's a book by a uh, Dr. Joe uh, Benonza called uh, becoming supernatural. And he literally says in his book, cause he's a neuroscientist and all like, it's all, I can geek out on this stuff. He's like, literally by the time you're 30, 95% of what you do each day is programmed. Like you have to actually try to break through it. And human beings as an animal, like as an actual creature, our neo or the, the prefrontal cortex makes all these decisions for us. And like most people do what is in the, I mean, it's immediate gratification, whether it's from food or whether it's from, you know, spending money or it's all this constant gratification that drives us from the endorphins that we get from it. And it takes a lot of freaking hard work to just say, hey, like that's not going to benefit me though, that McDonald's or that cigarette or whatever the hell it's going to be. Probably shouldn't do that because you do that every single day for a year and then five years and 10 years, probably not a good result. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's, uh, that's a great point. So not, not to go down, a, not to create a commercial for our business, but taking a lot of these ideas, talk a little bit about what we do to try and help business owners. I've seen you become really passionate um, when dealing with clients or, or business owners that we deal with because they're stuck in this rut. And sometimes you get really frustrated with them because you, you know, you want to help them. But you're better consultant than I am. <laughs> get out of that. So how has this thought process that you've gone through led us to where we are with our, our business, which is also really interconnected with the podcast. I don't want to lose sight of the podcast, but just to, to, help bring education and consulting and those kind of things to a, to a place where people can sit and kind of really think about where they are and where they want to be. And I think 
you know, as I answer this, it, it's helpful. Like when we go back four years ago, I didn't know you, right? Like, I mean, you and I met in 2018 and the vision that I had for like what we could have done differently, like has evolved, but like the, the actual shifting of the mindset is the same thing. It's a core theme, right? Like once you do that, then you can, you know, what, what, what steps you take, they all lead you to the ultimate goal, right? Of like the having the freedom and the valuable company to be able to make the, the, the choices that you want. But we started out with, okay, I, I got into some finance, a guy was consulting. Then I built this uh, like big, huge $40,000 project. We're going to like tackle the whole thing all at once. And then you realize, well, people don't like that. <laughs> they, they're paralyzed by it. It's like, you know, it's like, all, the only analogy I can give is you have someone that's 400 pounds that goes into the gym. They see the weight trainer who's an Olympic athlete and says, Hey, by the way, we're going to, and people just can't handle that mentally. So as we, as I've grown and evolved the practice of what we, what we're doing, it was like, what's the easiest way to meet people where they're at, show them what the goal can be and then help them where we can make money. The client can digest it. And so as the consulting moved, you and when I met you, I was like, you know what? That it really came down to you have to understand the numbers to be able to make the right decisions. Period. So, like you and I have talked, like if I was going to go consult on my own, the first thing I would say, well, I can't give you any advice until I see how well you're doing. Because I sat in peer groups or I watch EOS implementers, and there's all this freaking advice that goes out. But no one knows whether the company can afford it or not. Are we on track? Are we off track? Like, so it kind of came back to I'm like, you know, there's two things that people need to do. The owners and entrepreneurs need to learn this stuff and take ownership over it. And then you need to be able to understand and measure and monitor the numbers. All the planning and stuff has to wrap around there, but those are the two guts of everything. So with, with when meeting you, I was always intimidated by numbers. I mean, like you you have such a level of like, hey, this isn't that complicated and we can take this in chunks and you got empathy. And I look at, we didn't know shit about numbers. We knew about cash flow and how to you know, delay payments and then how to collect payments. <laughs> and that was about it. And so like, I think there's a lot of business owners in that same perspective. So it's like, if we can understand the path that we need to go and the numbers, then we can make the decisions ourselves. So as you and I have worked over the last couple of years, it's, it's building out the, whether it's the digital course, the boot camp. somehow we have to teach the shift of mindset and what the end results and how this whole game works. Because private equity firms and other professional buyers know how this works. Right. And from a financial perspective, so we need to teach the people that own the companies and then in a way that makes sense for everybody, which happens to be the most effective way is from the CFO's perspective, period. Anything else that's not based in numbers is just fluff or you know, just going off a of gut instinct. So to your point, how this is all tied together is the more people can learn, then they can put the plan into the numbers and then they can modify their plan based on decisions, COVID, the life that they're living, whatever it is, but they know how it's going to impact the numbers. You know, I mean, financials are the language of business. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. You gotta, you know, if, if you, if you go through the hard work to develop the strategies that are most likely going to help you get to your goals, you got to fold those into your financial planning, see if you can afford it. Is it going to get you there in time? Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And that, those are the steps that most oftentimes people are lacking. They may be a good operator. They may be an engineer that has come up through 
you know, the ranks and, and they find themselves a business owner. You've, you've talked about accidental entrepreneurs a lot with, with guests that I've heard. And, and that happens all the time. But, you know, yeah. rounding out that skill set in the team that you need in order to, to really develop the strategies and, and incorporate them into your financial plans and then implement them, measure them, monitor them, adjust as you need to. That's, that's the path that people need to get on. And I, and I agree with you. And I think that like that, you know, to someone that's dealing with the day to day of keeping a business around, it's like, that sounds like a freaking lot of work. Like I, I, I got fires and I'm dealing with people and drama and customer, you name it. And like the problem, like, and I'll tell a couple of stories of the, just the, the pure frustrations that I had is like finance individuals, accountants, and I'm generalizing here, but this is the experience. Be careful now. Be careful. I'm going straight at you. <laughs> Be careful with accountants here, Doug. Going back to the what you what you said is, and it usually it's a it's way back in the past. By the finally we got the books, we don't really believe the numbers because they're the the accountants or the CPA or the CFO doesn't understand the business. We get them from ninety days ago, and we're like, whatever. We're like we're 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 way, way over it. And you know what? We got cash in the bank. I'm going to buy this. And so it's just it's always too late. And then there's always that like for for us, we we went through three or four CFOs before we sold. And it was like you have this sense of paranoia or or like being patronized that like I do want a boat or a cabin. I do want really good things because I sacrificed 20 years to get this. So kind of like, and if you don't have that mutual respect with that partner, the finance partner inside of the business, you're not gonna listen to them. So I think what that is a huge part that's missing is, hey, like, we know that you want to pull money out of the business. That's okay. But like, don't do it. Like, by the way, here are the things that you're sacrificing. Like, it's a level of trust that needs to be ha- happen where I just, I see the, the inaccurate data. The, so what ends up happening is the owners just do what they want left up to their own devices. We just need to have like, okay, what are we dealing with? And then how do we go get it as partners? Yeah. And we're seeing just a huge amount of success with people that we're working with who can shift their mindset and, you know, go through the two or three or four steps necessary to get to, to the process of implementing strategies that will work. I mean, I mean, I think about like, it, the, it is hard, it is hard work, but it, it's not overly complicated. And you know what, you're working hard anyway, as a business owner, you might as well be, you might as well be working hard on stuff that will, get you to a better outcome where you have more choices and more freedom down the road to do with the business what you, what you want to do with it as opposed to taking whatever comes down the road. I think about that business owner couple that we're working with. We're like, should we grow? Should we not grow? Should we hire people? Should we not hire people? Well, if we hire these people, then we can't take an extra 150 grand out of the business. Should we do that? Should we not do that? Like in like having that data to be able to make those decisions is so liberating. And like the, the anxiety goes away. There's a sense of peace because you just know why you're making decisions. Like, hey, are we going to hire an EOS implementer for 40 grand? Well, we need it. Here's what we're going to do. And here's the return on it. We're going to open up a new location. We're going to... All those things, you can literally quantify where you're going to get the return instead of just, you know, more arguing. <laughs> well, more of the same, but or arguing with your executive team who everybody wants their own projects or their own rocks for various reasons. But like, it's an actual... It's a common language, like you said. Yeah, and you describe in those meetings oftentimes the loudest or the the loudest person's one who gets the gets their way. So these are these the times that we're in now are a little bit unprecedented, at least in my lifetime, and which is a and you're a little bit 
a lot longer than yours. So it's been a long time. Um, and times are uncertain and business owners, you know, are having trouble seeing, you know, very far into the future. Um, which again, the companies who have been intentional in the past have had strategies, are adapting a lot better, understand their financials, have strong balance sheets, are, are weathering these times a lot better than some of their competitors. How do you how do you see from talking to so many people that you talk to, business owners, what what do you think these times are going to do to their mindsets or to their approach or do you think it's going to be a wake-up call for people to say, hey, I really need to get intentional about what I'm building? I'm using our language, but how, however they might think about it. I, I mean, I think there's a couple of comments on it. It's like, first of all, I mean, you and I were on a call with an investment banker and a client. I mean, people got happy and lazy. I mean, it's really easy to, to just, you know, get that six figure distribution and not have to do the hard work. Right. Where I think we, we ten, all ten years of growth is makes it. Yeah, makes it it's like, what the, well, this is great. Why would I want to do that hard work? And I think we got a really, really hard lesson of what does sustainable, predictable and transferable cash flow feel like? Cause the people that are chugging along, have got visibility into the cash flow, visibility into their clients. They got a good strategic plan. Like, they're like, hey, I like I gotta pivot. There's certain things I gotta do and maybe tighten tight my belt. I mean, but there's freedom and discipline, right? You have the ability to make decisions on versus the people that do not know. Like, I mean, they watch their stock portfolio, you know, take a big hit, the value of the business or the hard work. Like, what's the point? Your cash flow like, dries up. Like, I mean, why go through the misery of all this? If you, you don't have a bigger plan, like, I don't know, the stuff that gets me through that is having the bigger plan. I mean, you and I, let's be honest, you and I had a, we've had conversations like this sucks. Our boot camps aren't going on right now, but we have a bigger vision and it makes it worth it. And so I think right now it just having the, the shift of the mindset is going to help. First of all, your mental perspective, your business, and it gives you some some good reasons because like the last thing I want for anybody is to wake up in three to four years and say, crap, I'm tired. Something happened. I don't want this. My energy's gone. The industry's changed and not have any choices. Like right now you can avoid that. And I mean, you just have to, you have to put one foot in front of the other, but I mean, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. I've, I've told this story before where I worked for a company, we bought a competitor and paid the, paid the person, exactly what they asked for for the business down to the nickel and we paid probably a third of what it was worth because he was tired he hadn't done the hard work he didn't understand he was probably thrilled that he got what he asked for but he didn't know what the value was yeah he didn't know what the value was so i'm, I'm hoping that even though these times are really difficult and, and it's it's uh, putting people through a lot of anxiety this kind of a wake-up call for people who are owning businesses to say hey I, I want to chart a more clear path to where I want to to where I want to get to, so that I have the freedom and choices to do with the business what I want to do with it when I get to that point. Because so. it doesn't have to be a life after business, right? Like you and I have talked about, it doesn't have to be. I'm going to sell in three years. It's 
I mean, there's opportunities to buy competitors that don't have healthy balance sheets right now. There's opportunities to double down on a new strategy that's going to be more valuable for your business. In if in three years you want to have a president or an executive team and be able to make a certain level of income and have a certain valuation so you can have a 20-hour work week just in strategic planning because you're going to do an ESOP or a family, like there's all of that's possible, yeah. but you're just not going to get it if you don't learn how it works. Be intentional about getting it. You know, just wanting it doesn't 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 make it happen. Trust um, me, visionaries. We can talk a lot. I mean, if it, it, there's definite endorphins that come from talking about your vision, uh, <laughs> I, I know. But then there's work that has to be done. I hate to tell you, but but it's really true. There's there's work that has to be done. That that kind of brings me back to the podcast. So you're changing the name to the Intentional Growth Podcast. Is there something different? Is there, it's not, I know it's not going to be a dramatic shift in, in what you're doing because you've had a lot of great guests and covered a lot of topics that, that are super beneficial to owners about running a business, acquiring other businesses, selling the business, growing value. But is there, is there anything different that you're looking to accomplish with this name change and, and maybe a little bit of a shift in focus? Not really a shift in focus, not really a shift in content. I mean, we could have changed the name a year and a half ago and it would have been the same content. I think the biggest wish that I have for this is that people don't think of this as like some sort of like fictitious life after like I'm never going to get it or I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm not going to listen to this show. I think, you know, if the thing that we've learned or I've learned the most over the last four or five years is we have to meet people where they're at, which people love growth. And if we're talking about growth, we can reach more people. We can have people that are proud to be on the show because it's not about selling a company where people don't want to show anybody about it. It's about growth with the end in mind, which makes I hopefully a more appealing, you know, to more people. And we can get, we, you know, we've got great guests that have been on the show, but we, we have great guests that have been, you know, $15 million business owners here in town or here across the US that don't have a big social media following. And like, I think that there's some, some fun when people have like big guests, like Simon Sinek would be a fun guest, but like only interviewing the same people that everybody else does, doesn't benefit anybody. Like there's some really cool stories that we've had and their voices need, you know, and sometimes more to learn from them. People have been through the trenches in, in similar sized businesses as, as your as your listeners and that kind of thing. It's super you know, valuable. Interviewing Tony Robbins would be awesome, but like it's so far away from comprehension to normal reality for people. Like, oh well, he's worth billions of dollars. You know, he's larger than life and he's got a platform across the whole world. That doesn't apply to me. It's fun to listen to, but it doesn't apply to me. I want us to continue to apply where someone can listen and they can go back and they can do shit in their own company because they can relate to it. I think that's a, I think that sums it up. Great. I think that's a, a great close. Anything else you want to, you want to say to the listeners about, about, you know, the podcast and what's coming up and what you're hoping for and what you're looking forward to, you know, just keep learning, keep learning. And then you'll be able to filter out everything that happens in life better. I mean, like it's, it, I think it's up to the people that listen. If you're listening to a podcast, you're already a learner, right? So like we've got our website, we've got all the material, we've got, you know, where, wherever they get the information, just continue to learn because that's, I don't know where freedom comes from. Knowledge is power. Right. Right. And then what, what's the whole quote? Because <laughs> now you actually said it to me, you're like you read a lot, but now it's time to execute. So like, what is it? Wisdom is, or now 
So intelligence is, you know, high IQ wisdom is learning from others. And then like knowledge is power, but there's something about like execution. Like you actually have to do it. You can't, it's wasted, wasted, wasted wisdom or something. Yeah. You have to get to the point where executing, but, but your podcast provides just great, great guests and great stories and great insights for people to take nuggets away. I mean, I've, we, I've actually talked to people say, I listen to Ryan pods, Ryan's podcast guests. And I did this, you know, the next day. I mean, so it's uh it's a great thing. So congratulations on 200 episodes. I know um, it's a lot of hard work. People hear the, hear the one hour podcast, but don't see all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and so we don't have a big team yet. We will have a big team at some point. <laughs> congratulations on your, on your 200. Well, thank you. And I think what the last note is if people find this valuable, share it go on, get us ratings. That's what helps, right? I mean, that we don't monetize this podcast, right? There's no, you know, we're not getting sponsors and we don't have anybody telling us what to, what to do, who to have on the show. So feel free to share it and, and uh, continue listening. Sponsored by Arcona's Intentional Growth Digital Course. Ryan Tansom and Pat Hobby show you how to shift your mindset away from solving for annual income to focusing on strategies that create long-term value, giving you the freedom and choices to take control of the future destiny of your business. Accelerate your knowledge with 36 videos and dozens of exercises that combine decades of experience buying, growing, and selling companies. Learn more by going to arcona.io or visiting the show notes.